When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I, I define League MX as the shooter shot league. You do expect higher performances and better things from Club Americas, but it's the inconsistency. With the well, thing isn't with this Tata inconsistent, Martino, though? I will maintain that the U.S. men's national team came out to the knockout round despite terrible coaching. Like, they have a student discount, maybe, to go to a pool <laughs> game? Like, they got it, right? No. <laughs> to take that next step, I think it's still undisputed that you have to go to Europe. He's going to well, be on the ground for the majority the, of the No, look back at highlights. No, that's, if that's you have... That's the Christian Pulisic treatment, though. Same. We're going to have to stop this. We're going to start arguing on this podcast, aren't we? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Real Football Show. I'm Gino Ganello, as always. Um, and again, we have Edwin here, Edwin Garcia, as my co-host. Uh, another week, Edwin, another uh, another week of MLS and another week of Edwin on the mic. Yes. Um, as we mentioned last time, Lizzie's going to be taking a little bit of break, so it's going to get me and Edwin from now on. You know, if you don't like that, I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, we're vibing yeah. over here. It's good it's luck, man. Yeah. Doing? I'm doing great. You got the memo for the the, the uniforms. We're we're matching yes, today. Uniform, we're twenty. Yes, yeah. I love it. Yeah, we're, yeah, exactly. swag. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I see. I don't have any ninety minute swag on right now, but you have your ninety minute hat there, which yeah, is man. nice. Got the shirt. I should. Out have, there you know, too. I gotta get. I gotta get myself some stuff. I gotta get myself <laughs> some stuff. Um, swag, well, let's have a great show, man. I'm excited. Week. Yeah, it was a good week of MLS. I mean, a lot of things to talk about. Um, even outside of MLS, we got League MX talk. We've got some U.S. Men's National Team talk as well. Um, but we are going to start with the with um with the MLS, and primarily let's start in New England. We haven't really talked about the Revolution that much this season. They've nope. quietly kind of been around. They've kind of just been there. You know, it's it's they haven't really made a ton of noise. They haven't made you know what it hasn't been. Oh, they're scoring four goals every game, or they scored ten goals in two games like Columbus did. They've kind of just been there and doing their own thing. And now they're after their win this past weekend, they beat Sporting KC two to one. They um find themselves tied at the top with Cincinnati on 20 points. Um and uh I believe they lead now on is it they lead on goal differential? Yeah, they lead on goal differential, uh plus seven um on goal differential through nine games played. This is a team that um, in this match specifically, you saw Vrioni score uh, two times, their 24-year-old striker. He had been struggling a little bit since they brought him in, but seems the past couple weeks he's started to find his stride. Um, but Bruce Arena, 
you know, he's, so he's a funny guy, this Bruce Arena. You know, you listen to his press conference, <laughs> did not like the team's performance in the second half and was just angry about it the whole time. You could tell short answers, but this is a New England team that's succeeding. And and I, I, my question to you, Edwin, as we start off this podcast, are you yes. surprised at this New England success so far this season? I am 100% surprised at how they've had the success to kick off the season. I didn't think they were going to be a bad team at the end of the year. I'm just surprised at what a hot start. We're talking six wins, only one loss on the season, a couple of draws. And the one loss, you can't get mad. It was to LAFC, which, you know, is our number one team in the power rankings, defending MLS Cup champions. So they're exceeding all expectations right now. Is it sustainable? We'll see. But I thought they would have a good season. I thought they have some pieces in place there, but I, I'm just genuinely surprised at how quickly they've gotten there. But uh, but I will say this. Bruce Arena, even more hated by me than Jordan Morris. Like that guy on the the my power rankings of people that I hate is 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 Bruce Arena surpasses Jordan Morris. Just putting that out there. That uh, fake Bill Belichick, I just can't stand his demeanor, his whole attitude. Just with the... Uh, anyway, sorry. Sorry, New England fans. Sorry, USA fans. But... <laughs> Don't like him. And this is I'm ta- I'm talking from personal experience. I've met the guy and just it wasn't pleasant. So sorry. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, he's he's an interesting guy. I mean, I, I don't watch I don't <laughs> exclusively watch Bruce Arena press conferences, yeah. but I did watch the one this past weekend and like cutting people off in the middle of questions, you know, just given one word answers to honestly, I didn't think they were terrible questions. They maybe not have been the best questions, but yeah. I didn't think they were terrible questions, but you know, and I was looking for an answer on Vrioni and, and they asked about it. They asked him about, you know, what are your thoughts on Vrioni? What, you know, what, what, what do you think he's doing well? And he was just like, he scored two goals for us tonight. And I'm like, come <laughs> on, man, expand a little bit. Give me a little something. I'm trying to help you out. Um, but you know, Plastic in terms Bruce. of new England, yeah. In terms of New England and going back and looking at, um, you know, looking at New England as a team, I am a bit surprised as well at, at the success that they've had so early on. This is a team that last year finished in 10th in the Eastern Conference. Um, they finished six points out of seven. So it wasn't really close um, to really having a shot at making the playoffs. A, a team that, has brought in some players. Um, they brought in Bobby Wood. They, you know, obviously have heel. They had they, they kept Bo- Emmanuel Boateng. Um, but the players that they brought in, not exactly players that would be showstoppers or guys that you would look at and say, you know, this guy's going to make a big difference. And they've kind of just made it work. And, it, you know, again, Vrioni, they brought him in, I believe, last year. Did not get off to a great start as New England Revolution player, but has been um, has been much has been much better and improved over the last few weeks. Seems he's kind of found a form and is starting to um, find you know find himself a little bit and fi- find the back of the net uh, a little bit more certainly and just be in the right spots. It's not like he's doing anything crazy, but he's just been in the right spots. And I think I think this New England Revolution Revolution team. Um, is off to a really good start and it can sustain it. You know, they've, they've been good. It's, you know, we're at nine games now where it's, it's enough of a sample size. Um, but I guess the question that arises after looking at them and their success over the first nine games is, 
is this a team that can compete with Cincinnati and some of the other powerhouses that we expect to be near the top, Atlanta and so-and-so, to be at the top of the East and possibly even compete for that Eastern Conference title come the end of the season in playoff time? I think they have the the makings of it. The roster looks good. We're also, you know, don't forget their number 10, Charles Gill. I like to say his name. He's uh, he's pretty damn good last time I checked. And uh, shout out to Bobby Wood, man. I feel like that guy has been around since, like, MLS started. I, I don't know. Maybe I know I'm extending it. I know he hasn't been around that long. But he's on that Kai Kamara thing. Like, I, he's still around. He's yeah. still around, still doing his thing. Good for him. Um, but Veroni's quickly becoming, you know, my favorite newcomer, my my new favorite player in MLS. You got to love the post uh, the, the post. Uh, post game press conference, how he's talking, <laughs> you know, about being hangry, hungry, or angry, didn't know the difference. But uh, he's a likable guy, they got the pieces in place. And look, I might, you know, poo poo on Bruce Arena a lot, but he's been pretty good in MLS. I just still don't like that, doesn't justify you being, you know, a jerk to people in press conferences. Um, but he is an MLS Cup championship winning coach, and you got all the pieces in place. They're good players, technically a good coach, up-and-coming talent, up in the number nine position. New England could definitely make a run. Yeah, I think the good thing about New England, if you look at their schedule and what's happened over the course of the season so far, they have four clean sheets and their five are uh, in their in their six wins. Six of their wins have, or four of their six wins have been clean sheets. Um, again, as you mentioned, their only loss came to LAFC, um, which again is a tough one, but you can't blame them for losing to LAFC. I mean, LAFC is LAFC. In um, Los Angeles, too. The, yeah, in Los Angeles as well. Um, and I think the big thing for them is they've gotten a lot of success from some of their young players. Like, Rioni is 24. Dylan Barrero has been pretty, pretty, pretty solid over the course of the season. Um, Noel Buck has been really good for them. They just have a lot of um, a lot of talent uh, that's young and up, up and coming. And they, they seem to have developed a lot of young talent. And I think... You know, the the question becomes, will that young talent hold up in high-pressure situations? But I think so far this season, if you look at the sample size that we have, I don't see that there's, based on what we know about the Eastern Conference and what we've seen about the Eastern Conference, I don't think there's any reason to believe that New England can't be near the top of the Eastern Conference and competing for that title come the end of the season. So yeah. I, I think, you know, I think it's, you know, things are looking up in New England for sure after a difficult season last season. And, um they're a fun team to watch. They're a fun yeah. team to watch. And shout out to Dylan my, Burrow. Yeah, man. My my Colombian. Uh, there's a lot of good Colombians out in the league right now, man. I like seeing that. I like seeing the Colombians well represented in MLS right now. Um, I did want to mention one thing. I'm looking at their their record here and who they've played. I want to just do a quick little dive into this yeah. um this this uh six one and two start that they have. And looking at it, they're doing exactly what you need to do, which is beat the teams mm -hmm. that you're supposed to beat. Don't have those like head scratching losses. Like, how did we lose to this team that hasn't won a game? You know, which it feels like so many teams do. They've knocked out those teams. They haven't struggled against them. Four nothing over Montreal. Montreal's struggling. It's a bad year for Montreal, but they went in there. They took care of business. You, you like to see that. Um, they're coming off a two one win over Sporting KC. Same thing. Now, the the you have the LAFC loss, which you can write off. Then you have a one one draw at home against NYCFC, which we'll get to. It was an up and coming team also as well on the same trajectory, but the other little concerning, I guess, I mean, other than that, they took care of business. Not even a nice win against Nashville. Uh, you know, the 
in Columbus, 1-1 draw, maybe you could dissect. That was a, another top team in the conference as well. But, again, the important thing is win the, the games that you're supposed to win. Beat those teams. Beat those teams that are struggling that shouldn't uh, give you any any issues. And most importantly, stay healthy, which thankfully they've done up until now. So New England on the come up, man. I like it. Yeah, I think the Columbus one was on the road too. Columbus yeah. difficult place to play. Um, so definitely, definitely a tough one. Houston, the beginning of the season, maybe not as difficult as I would think they are now. I mean, this is a team that again, we'll talk about in a little bit, but you know, keeping a clean sheet against them and scoring three goals against them. Yeah. Um, seems to be a pretty, pretty big feat uh, when it comes to them nowadays. Charlotte, again, another team that had a rough start to the beginning of the season, but seems to be evening out a little bit now. So the wins are there. Um, they're over teams that are solid teams. Like you said, they got to beat the teams that are in front of them. Um, and again, you know, I think New York City FC and Columbus, those are difficult places to, you know, th- that those are difficult teams to get results against right now. And I think a 1-1 draw is perfectly fine for this point of the season. So, yeah. um, you know, definitely a team to look out for in New England. They play actually tonight. The U.S. Open Cup starts tonight. Yeah, I was about um, to they say. play tonight. They, they'll play hard for the athletic tonight um, before they uh, actually get, we get a top two matchup in the Eastern conference on the weekend. Uh, we oh. get new England versus Cincinnati. So we're going to get a really good idea of where new England is this week uh, when they take on Cincinnati. Uh, but that should be a really fun one. That one's going to be in Foxborough. So that's that, that, that should be really fun. That's going to set the bar. Like, yeah. yo, who's, who's yeah. the real King of the East right now, Cincinnati or new England. I'm going to give the edge to New England right now because they're at home. And as we've seen in MLS this season, if you're at home, you're going to win most of the time, unless you're Inter-Miami or Montreal. That's about it. Everybody else yeah, is struggling. So, 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 yeah, really, really good stuff from them. And then definitely an eye to keep out. That's probably the game. Honestly, I haven't looked at the rest of the schedule, but off the top of my head, that's one I'll definitely have my eye on uh, yes. is New England-Cincinnati this week. And it'll tell us a lot about both of those teams. Um, let's move on now to – uh, we did talk a little bit about New York City FC. We've talked about surprises a lot over the course of this, um, over the course of this podcast, and since the MLS season has started, New York City FC is is definitely a surprise. They're a team that's lost that lost a ton of players from that 2021 uh, 2021 championship winning team. Um, a team that just doesn't look the same. We, you know, we. Tati Castiano, Castiano says we now know uh, over at, at Girona. It's scoring four goals against Real Madrid. Maxi First Morales isn't like there the anymore. To do that or something. I, yeah. I think that was what I read. Oh, amazing. Bravo, but, dude. you know, Maxi Morales isn't there anymore. I don't think Maxime Cheneau is there anymore. You're, you're, he, he, is, he is. He is. Is he? Cheneau was on our team of the week this uh, last week. I oh, yes, 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 yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yes, because he scored the goal last week. Duh. Yeah. Um, but, it's, but, yeah, so. It's a different team, nonetheless. It's yeah, a different team. Absolutely. They win again this weekend against FC Dallas. Um, again, FC Dallas is a team who they just kind of seem to be a good regular season team. So always a good win when you can get a win over FC Dallas. They win 3-1 over FC Dallas. Really no, make no mistake of it. Um, my question is on New York City FC, other than St. Louis, mm-hmm. is New York City FC the biggest surprise mm-hmm. of the MLS season so far? That's a good question. Uh, other than St. Louis, are they the biggest surprise? Yeah, I'd have to say if we're measuring it on a positive surprise, I think there's been some disappointing surprises. Uh, 
that's that we can you know talk about another day but no as far as you know coming considering the circumstance like the handicap that they had coming into the season with so much turnover losing everybody from that championship side like you just mentioned we can't really overlook those things they've come in there they play at a place i think you've mentioned to me that it, they, they might play in four different stadiums sometimes right because they'll jump around from the yankee stadium yeah. depending on availability to some other place or some other place they're kind of like the nomads of mls when you think about it and they come in and perform they've been real talk they've been pretty consistent and very close to uh, uh just imagine if they had a little stadium uh stability like they had a place to play at like uh atlanta or some of the an atmosphere and an atmosphere because they've they've been competitive since they won they came out they went the route of the big stars at the beginning with david villa uh andrea pirlo who was the other frank lampard was on those early yep. squads there then they they said no 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 we're gonna go south american we're gonna find some young guys in there they won an mls cup they've only been around since 2018 right this is like their fifth year I believe. Uh, yeah. I think, no, I think before that. I think it's been longer than that. I, I think they came out in 18, though. I'm pretty sure that was their first season. So we're looking at five, six years. They haven't been in the league that long. And they come in here. They re, they basically, I don't want to say rebrand, but they changed their whole philosophy into this, you know, up-and-coming young guys. We'll find some South American kids. And they have incredible success. They win a championship. And now this is like their third evolution. Now they've lost all those guys. They're trying to see which way to go, and it, they're having incredible success right now. They're really up. They're really, you know, a genuine surprise. They're playing well. They're beating the teams in convincing fashion. There, it's it's not. It doesn't feel fluky with NYC right now. You know, sometimes you could say, okay, yeah, you know, you could write it off to this, but no, it feels pretty consistent. Like you have that 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for here? You know, just that peace of mind that like, yeah, they're they're pretty good. Like you don't question it. Yeah. So uh, I I looked it up. 2013 is when they came into the league. 2013 was when they were 13? founded. Um. Yeah. That's what it looks like. It looks like they were founded in um in 2013. That's when they they first became a a club. Um. Yeah. They or they were announced the, as as a club on on May 21st in 2013. Um. And then their club. Um, then their first game, I think, was the year after that. Oh, 2015. Um, wait, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking through the week 2015. Yes, 2015. 2015. Was yeah, I was way off. Don't make that a cut down, embarrassing me that I was three years <laughs> off on the uh, on the existence of the um, team there, <laughs> but no, yeah, but it, it was, it was, it, it has been it, when it comes to New York City FC. It has been a shock, I think. I think it's been the, the, the because when we started the season, everybody was like, there's just no way. We, us included, yeah. there were just like, there's no way New York City FC is going to be as good as they have been in recent years. Um, and, and some of the names that I, I did not mention that have left the club since, um, since the, uh, since, since the new season, they lost. Anton Tinnerholm, who, if I remember correctly, was a big part of that squad. They lost Alexander Kyans, who was the other defender, not Cheneau, but was the other mm -hmm. guy next to Cheneau. Um, They lost, of course, goalkeeper Sean Johnson. Um, yeah. They lost Maxi Morales. They lost Heber to uh, Heber to um, Seattle, yeah. and they've just recently lost Tiago Andrade and Malte Amundsen in the most recent, uh, were their most recent losses. So. 
I mean, there's just a bunch of guys who just aren't there who have been on these teams for a while, and they just continue. We, we've been talking about it with a couple other teams, whether it be Portland, whether it be LA Galaxy or LAFC, teams that kind of have built a name for themselves as continuing and, and always being like a successful team amongst the elite. And I think New York City yeah. FC has started to, make, started to make themselves or put themselves in that category because Absolutely. of what they've done over the past recent years. They just, like you said, they keep evolving. Now, I do wonder when they get a new stadium because a big, big thing about them playing at these baseball stadiums and all over the place, their field tends to be smaller. It's still regulation, but it's yeah. not as wide as other MLS fields, which I know creates a tactical problem for a lot of teams that are coming to New York City yeah. FC. Um, they talk about it basically almost every broadcast, it feels like. so <laughs> Or every time they're home. Yeah. Um, every time they're home. So I do wonder when they move into a new stadium and they presumably have a more regulation size field, if that creates as much of a home field advantage as it did at these other stadiums. Yeah. But I guess you could you could kind I of think, but I, I think it affects yeah. the style of play of other teams, which if you're a team that plays wider, that's a problem. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think of it as that much of a tactical disadvantage for visiting teams because it's like it's like weather teams that play in inclement weather cities, you know, like both teams are playing under the same, same circumstances. You know what I mean? Um, if it's yeah, raining, it's going to affect both teams. If the, if you're a wide team, you're bringing it in just a little bit. I don't think it's like significantly uh, adjusted so that it's that much of a, I think it's something to talk about on TV. Mostly. That's just me. I, I could be completely wrong. I also thought they came out in 2018 and not 2015. So, you know, take what well, I, I see with a grain of salt. is able to, adapt to it more because they play on it all the time. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I guess at this point you're 20. I mean, they've been around since 2015 yeah. teams probably have an idea of what they need to do Keep there. Bring it in, but yeah. <laughs> no, but I guess teams probably have an idea of what they need to do there, but still, I don't know. I feel like it's, I feel like it's sometimes it can, it can play with teams a little bit, but either way, it, it New York city FC has been off to a really, really good start, a start that nobody really saw coming. And I think that, you know, I think we can agree that, this is probably the most shocking. Is there another team that you think would be higher than them in terms of shocking performance so far this season? Or is New York City FC kind of the the second most shocking behind St. Louis in terms of how they've the success they've had this season? I'd say Atlanta's up there too, as somebody to to think about. Atlanta, Seattle, considering how bad they finished. But you but those are teams that yeah. Had a, already an existing core or some yeah. something there to build on, you know, like New York City, we were like, yeah, they've been gutted again, you know. What I mean, like we're like, eh, it's gonna take a season or two to get them back, but now they've they've bounced back real nice. And and looking at their their record wise, they lost the opening game of the season. Let me see here. Yeah, they lost to Nashville two nothing in Nashville to open the season, and yeah. since then one loss. They've gotten points in every game they played. So, yeah. uh. Again, kudos to them. Who are they playing up uh, this week? Let's see. They got Toronto. Oh, they also made it to the Eastern Conference uh, Finals last season. So yes. they don't, they're not playing this first round of uh, U.S. Open Cup games. Open so Cup, they yeah. got Toronto. They get the nice week off. They got Toronto. Well, they got three. Wow. Four straight road games. Now we're going to see some true colors of NYC, even though they are like a nomad team that plays. It feels like they play on the road. And every game anyway, but that's going to be a real test there. They got Toronto, Charlotte, Red Bulls, and Orlando. So four straight and, road And just so, just so we're clear here, we have talked about home field advantage and with other teams as well. They yeah. have yet to pick up three points on the road this season. 
So you're right. This is going to be a very, this is going to be a very big, a very big, um, very big moment for them because Toronto, Charlotte, New York Red Bulls, Orlando, all beatable teams, I think. Mm -hmm. But the stadium atmospheres will be good. You know, Toronto's will be up for this one. Charlotte is, has been consistently a really good atmosphere this season. New York Red Bulls is the Derby and Orlando city tends to have a pretty good fan base. Well, as especially when New York city FC comes to town. So, um, these four games, while they're beatable opponents, they're teams that I think, um, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how New York city FC plays because again, haven't picked up a point. haven't picked up all three points on the road yet. Um, they have gotten a couple draws. They have the one loss. I mean, granted the teams that they have played on the road, Nashville, who's a very good team. Uh, Chicago, who is surprisingly a lot better than I think. That's a lot another of people one. That's another, That's another one. good yeah. one. But I was going to include them, but they're lost to Atlanta this weekend. I was hoping they would get a win, and then we could have a discussion on who was more surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> they're knocking on the door. You know, I think they're knocking on the door. I, they're knocking on the door. Uh, but Chicago has been surprising. Houston at home has been unbelievable, which we'll talk about in a second. And then New England and Atlanta. New and then New England. Sorry. So. Not many easy opponents either, so no, we'll no. see how things shape out um, when they when they take on Toronto this uh, this coming weekend, and then in the weekends to follow. Um, but definitely, uh, and that Orlando City match is a Wednesday match, so they have three Saturday matches and then a Wednesday oh, match yeah. against Orlando City. So good catch. Good um, catch. We'll, will definitely be interesting. That's at the back end of their schedule there, so we'll definitely Orlando's, be interesting to see. The Orlando game is interesting because I feel like uh, I know the Orlando fans. Knowing some of them, uh, they look at NYC as like a, this weird rival because they both energy yeah, league at the same do. time. Yep. So they have yeah. this weird little like, hey, we still and they're the ones that won a chip already while Orlando has it. But they got an open cup. So, yeah, a nice little competitive uh, rivalry there between those two franchises. That's always a fun one. When Orlando City plays New York City FC, that always seems to be a fun one. Always seems to be a lot going mm-hmm. on in those. So that's that's kind of like your mini rivalry after the derby. That's I mean, it's it's Charlotte's. Pack of the stadium with forty thousand people every weekend. They're getting like an yeah. average of forty thousand every weekend. New York a derby matchup, and then like a mini derby with Orlando City. I mean, that's that's a tough three game stretch there. So, and then they come back home and you face come back home and you face Philly, Cincinnati, and New England. Like this is we're about to really find out right now. So yeah. it'll be, be interesting on this- for sure. We could be talking on this show like a few weeks from now, and they're like, you know, bottom of the East again, and yep. we're like, eh, yeah, well, we were way. Off. We have that effect. <laughs> We have that effect on on teams, you know. We talked about Inter Miami, but um, I take all responsibility on that one, man. I really hyped up Inter Miami pretty good there, putting him in the power rankings and everything, and just man. Which, by the way, I'll be at the game tomorrow night, so let me know. There you who's go out there. If anybody wants um, to hang. <laughs> well, let's move back to. Uh, we did talk about Houston a little bit. We'll move off of New York City FC. Let's go to the Western Conference, which we have not yes. talked about a lot. We have to talk about Houston, though. They had a record-breaking performance this past weekend. Uh, they are the only team ever in MLS history now to start uh, the season with four straight clean sheet victories at home. Yep. Um, so they've won. They, they've beaten Austin FC, New York City FC, LA Galaxy, and Inter Miami. Now they beat Inter Miami last this past weekend, won nothing. Um, all clean sheet victories. They scored. Um, seven goals in that span as well. So outscoring opponents seven nothing at home right now. Um, 
it it is a little interesting because when you look at their on the road record, it has not been nearly as good. They also have not picked up more than uh, more than one point on the road. Um, so my question right now is, is this enough? Do we have enough of a sample size to determine whether Houston is a playoff team? In your opinion, are they, is this a team that you can see making the playoffs or are they still in that kind of limbo area where they performed well at home, haven't performed well on the road. We don't really know what they are yet. I think they're more on the outside looking in as far as like really being a threat. Uh, can they make the playoffs in this run of form? Yeah, you win all your home games. You know, you break out somewhere in the middle. Um, but the fact that they haven't gotten anything on the road, they just have one draw, and that's it. Other than that, it's been pretty bad defeats. Uh, well, they lost to Cincinnati. They lost to New England convincingly. They lost at San Jose. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not looking good for them. But at home, they're a whole other team. They are, and it's it's crazy how much different of a team they are being so dominant on defense with those clean sheets. You got to tip your hat to them. But like anything, you got to win on the road. In any sport, you got to show something. And right now they haven't shown anything on the road. So I can't really, you know, put much stock into them. Um, if if it's a home game in Houston in the playoffs, yeah, okay, for sure. Right now, they'll, they'll be a favorite. But you, you're not going to get there. You're not going to be able to host the playoff game by losing all your road games. You know, so – Something has to change there, but I think they're on the outside looking in. So I think um, to answer the question, I think I think they can be a playoff team I, with the new nine game nine team format in each conference. I think that there's enough there, but like you said, they do need to win on the road. I really like what they've done. I, I before the season began, I pointed out Houston as a team that could really have a big jump this season. I didn't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but I said from the beginning, I've said from the beginning of the season that I believe that they will be on the brink of the playoffs. Seeing what I've seen so far this season, I think there's enough of a sample size to say that they can make the playoffs as an eight or nine seed and be in that play in game. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Um, Ben Olsen has done a fan phenomenal job with this team. Um, It seems like they're all buying in. They have a lot of fun players. Hector Herrera, um, they have just it was a solid group. And, and yeah, at home, they seem to have found too. something. Yeah. And at home, they seem to have found something that can at least maybe hold them together until they can figure it out on the road. Uh, because they're not just winning games at home. They're keeping clean sheets at home, which is yeah. huge. Um, but again, like you said, you have to win on the road. Um and you have to win on the road if you want to not only make the playoffs, but go on a run in the playoffs. I think this Houston team can make the playoffs, but I'm going to say probably the play-in game. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs outright. I think they're going to have to play in the playing game for actually making the, the playoffs. Um, with that said, though, I want to play a little game. I want to play a little game. Oh, oh, oh. Let's talk about let's talk about this playoff situation. Yes. Let's go with, through all the teams that are under – Oh, Houston. Houston currently <laughs> six six plates, right? Uh-huh. Let's go through all the teams and we'll say and we'll say yes or no to uh whether we think they will or whether you think Houston will, will be above them or or under them in the stand or, or under them standing. So let's do above or on let's say finish above over or under. finish under. Okay. Over under. So the first team is Minnesota. And Minnesota's the opposite. They can't win at home. They're the complete opposite. They've gotten all their points on the road. Uh, I'm keeping them under because uh, eventually that road will will 
will hit you. But if you can't win at home, <laughs> you have nothing going for you. So I'm going to go under on Minnesota. I'm going to say over on Minnesota. I Ooh. think that they've been better. I think that I think Minnesota will finish over Houston. I think they've been better than a lot of people expect them to be without Manuel Reynoso. Um, I think I th- that's another reason right there. You just said it. They don't have their one of their best players hasn't played yet. You know, but they, Reynoso, well, I don't know if he's ever. Like gonna, I don't know if he's going to play. I know you just like. I, the coach. I do like the coach. <laughs> I do like the coach, but I think that they're like they're not. They're like a solid team. They're on a three-game losing streak right yeah. now, but they're like a solid team. <laughs> so solid I think three-game can... losing streak team. That's what it is. <laughs> listen, listen. They, they, they. I think they're a lot better. I think they're a lot. I think they've proven they're a lot better than a lot of people think they are. Um, yeah. but I mean, I mean, they beat St. Louis. They're the only. They're I think the only, only team, team to beat, or one of two teams to beat St. One Louis. Of, yeah, yeah. They were the first. So, um, yeah, I think I don't know. I think. Minnesota finishes over them. The other team, okay. the next team is Vancouver. Mm, I like Vancouver. I feel like they've just had some bad luck. And this is probably all because of your your love for Vancouver is probably rubbing off on me. I probably wouldn't care as much about Vancouver if it wasn't for you constantly putting them in everything that we do. So I'm going to go over with Vancouver. How about that? <laughs> See, I'm going to say, I've watched enough Vancouver Whitecaps. I'm going to say under. <laughs> they can't win games. They can't put the ball in the back of the net. They just can't do it. They can't oh, put the ball man. in the back of the net. If they can put the ball in the back of the net, they'll finish over them. But I'm going to say they did, they? Houston Dynamo. But they put up five in a game, right? Didn't they? Well, that was a Champions League game, That was right? the that was a champion, Champions League. Yeah, that was Champions yeah. League when they put okay. up five. Yeah, you're right. I'll still go over. So I'm, I'm going to say Vancouver stays under. Um, Real Salt Lake. Uh, Real Salt Lake. Eh, man, I tried to. They got a couple of... Uh, they think they got a Colombian kid in there. See, I judge it also by how many Colombian guys are on the team. Um, Real Salt Lake. I th- let me see. Where are they right now? Nine and thirteen. I think they're, they're a little right now. Yeah, they're four points behind. I think it's gonna come close, but I'm gonna say under. I agree. I'm gonna go under as well. Yeah. I'm not sure that they have enough. They they've won a couple games recently, but they haven't looked great in a lot of the games that they played. Yeah. Um, Portland. Man, Portland, lots of Colombians over there. Um, Portland has <laughs> – there's not that many Cubans in MLS. So, you know, when those guys show up, I'll, I'll root for them. Uh, but, no, it, Portland has has the, the fan base, the stadium, the heritage, everything. They've just been, like, stalling, you know. They had the big win against uh, against Seattle. And then they just they can't get into gear. And shout out to you. You said last week that the Galaxy would be more sustainable than you know the than Portland turning it on in the 70th minute because they were so bad for 70 minutes and then playing well. They laid a stinker this week, losing. You know, um, who, I forgot who they lost to this week. Portland. They lost to Cincy. To Cincy. Yeah, that was a big game yeah. coming off a big win. They, it was a good statement game. They really could have made it. And it, I know it was close. I think it was two one. But still, you lost. And that's just not a good look. And it just kind of continues to feed into that uh, that narrative of them just stalling for me. But even though they're stalling, I can't imagine this being like the whole season. I feel like eventually, you know, you win some games on accident. I mean, <laughs> you know, you eventually you hit first gear, you get to shift it to second and you start picking up steam. I think they'll because I, be only because I'm so low on Houston that I think they'll drop low enough that Portland can pass them. Does that make sense? I don't think Portland's going to jump in on like a yeah. top four spot, but I think they'll they'll leapfrog Houston in the bottom there. 
Um, I think Portland will also jump. I they, they have problems defensively right now. They're yeah. scoring the goals, but they have problems defensively. I think Portland does beat or go above Houston uh, as well. So right now I have Minnesota and, and Portland above Houston, which would then drop Houston down to eighth right now. So okay. we have four teams left. Austin. All right. I could give you these rapid fire. No, 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 okay, no. Go ahead. Four. No, 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 no. All four? Austin. Austin is 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 very head scratching. They're there. Uh, you pointed out that there's not much difference between them and Inter Miami as far as like you know expectations, performance, everything. Again, two for two on you, bro. Good job, man. Getting some points <laughs> this week. Uh, yeah, Austin. I I I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything from Austin. I want to see them pull something off. Maybe have like a decent win. Uh, how did they do this week? They lost two nothing to the Galaxy, who's even lower than them. So, yeah. Uh, all those teams after them, it's the mount the the mountain is too big for them to climb right now, and I haven't seen anything for any of those four teams to really uh, jump that far up to to pass Houston, let alone yeah. I I, 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 I would agree. I am gonna say no, no, no for all uh, for all four. I think the only team that actually realistically has a chance, and this may surprise a lot of people, but I think the Galaxy is the only of those bottom four that actually has a chance at the playoffs. Someone's um, buying in that Galaxy stock. I like it. All right. I am buying the Galaxy stock. I don't know. I feel like they might have caught something here. Ricky Pooh scored. Like Ricky Pooh scored. Joe scored this weekend. You know, I mean, Austin's not good, but he's suspended though. He's just, he got a, he got another yellow, I think. So he's missing the next game. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll but see. I think LA Galaxy is the only team that can possibly make a run at that playoff spot. So there you have it. Yeah. I mean, we went through all the teams. I just, I, I don't see, I mean, I think you had a one more team above Houston than I did. So that would put maybe Houston nine or drop out. I yeah. think that's where they are though. I think they're yeah. probably very, they are an eight to 10 team. Anywhere in yeah. eight to 10, I think is where they finish. Um, I do. So we'll see. I agree. Um, I got to say, to... uh-huh. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that we should um, also acknowledge the fact that Houston should be the official team of the show. Hello, Houston. Hashtag hold it down. We have the same colors. We're repping <laughs> black and orange and white. Like, I don't see why we they haven't reached out to us and said, hey, man, you know, like, we'll send you all of our players and stuff. That would be uh, that's an easy win there for us. Um, but yeah. I, I I think so. I'm glad we're not talking about Inter Miami. It's just such a disappointment. I was about to say, do we need to? I, I feel like we I feel like we've exhausted this. I, I will I feel say, like we've... I, yeah, we've beaten this dead horse. Tomorrow I'm going to the uh to the open cup game where it's probably gonna be an open casket funeral for Phil Neville and <laughs> his coaching career because I, I think they're gonna lose to the Miami FC. Uh they go by the Miami FC, by the way, which I love. So they're going to lose to the Miami FC. And I think tomorrow is really going to be the last day of the Phil Ohio State. Yeah, it's going to be the it's going to be the last day of the Phil Neville reign. I don't see them winning. It, the only thing I'll say is what I said last week, which was they had two weeks. Phil Neville had two weeks to draw up the best game plan that he's ever put up uh, uh, together in his life to, to 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 have everything prepped. He had two weeks to study one opponent, come out there. And he tried to play tricks. He said, oh, these guys are not going to. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To play the new guys, but then he had both of them starting or in the lineup. Like he tried to play mind games, and I think he just, you know, outsmarted his, his own self and just, they, again, there's nothing. There was not a single good thing about the game this weekend there was and i watched every second of it just scratching my head going oh my god like here we go again and you had the worst possible outcome another a six straight loss and another they haven't scored a goal in a month okay yeah. they haven't scored a goal in a month and the last time they scored they lost so it, there's just nothing going for you sorry phil nice guy but adios man tomorrow it'll be the end of that rain and we'll see who who comes in to fill up but yeah it was just ultra 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 disappointing that you had that much I mean, time to prepare and you came out and laid an egg again. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, you look at when was this match against March 4th was their last win. They won was the last time they got points March 4th. Yeah. Oh, and put it that way. the game against Chicago, they scored two goals in that game. Other than that, they haven't scored a game in any of their other matches. It's been one, nothing, two, nothing, one, nothing, one, nothing, one, nothing. So defensively, they're not giving up a lot of goals. The Chicago match gave up three goals. Defensively, they've been fine. But Phil Neville said it this weekend. His strikers are not putting the ball in the back of the net. His players are not putting the ball in the back of the net. And, I mean, he th- Phil Neville thinks that that is the only problem with the team right now. <laughs> um, I would I would beg to differ. I feel like creativity is a major problem in the team. I feel like there's a difference between having possession and being an attack and having possession and creating an attack. And I think they're just like, he's looking at it as they have possession. They're controlling the ball. They're getting shots, but are they good shots? Are they creating enough good opportunities? And I don't think they are. I think that's a major Absolutely problem. I'm called out his strikers again this weekend. So we'll see what happens. Come on, um, man. Because... You have Leo Campapi over there playing the nine, which is a uh, shout out to my boy who came up with that name, Leo Campapi. So good. Um, <laughs> that guy's just the heartthrob out there. But our, again, week in and week out, our, our best chances on goal are coming from our left back or our, or our or our right back kicking it and on a back. Like, there's nothing. We're not even coming close to scoring a goal. Drake Callender is the only good thing in this because he's kept it from being 4 nothing, 5 nothing, you know, 3-1. Like, he's kept it from getting way more out of hand, and that's yeah. probably – I think Phil owes everything right now to Drake Callender having him, like allowing him to keep his job this long, because yeah, he's he's been he's been very very solid this season. But mm-hmm. I think, like you said, I think we've been. I think, I think it's it's almost time for Phil. We'll see what happens on Wednesday. But I think it's our report time live. For Phil. Yeah, follow yeah. on our IG stories tomorrow. You'll see. <laughs> um, last thing I want to talk about with MLS before we wrap that up. Uh, yeah. MLS trade deadline was last night at midnight. Uh, trade and transfer deadline. So that was the last time player teams can bring in players uh, by either trade or transfer before July 5th, I believe, is the next window opening. Yeah. Um, so uh, other than free agents, of course, if it's free agent, obviously they can sign them at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, not much here. Not many eye-catching things, but there is there anything from the trades this, this, uh, this window that really caught your eye over the past few months since the season started? Not so much, really. Yeah, not not really for me. Uh, what I have is just like the, the another, you know, just to add on to the misery that is my fandom of Inter Miami. It's just you know they get rid of a, a a young like 
a young center back who I thought had potential to be a great center back in MLS, who's had his good moments, uh, Mabika, and they traded for general allocation money like a hundred grand in 2024. Like, I don't see how that helps us out now. And I don't see like how that's going to be a great fit for us. 2024. Like it just, again, I don't see it. I, I feel like you can never have enough center backs. You, you definitely need all the help you can, especially when, you know, we're getting pummeled on defense. Like these guys are taking a beating. I don't, I, I no, it's just another head scratching move by, Inter Miami there for me for the for what you got in return just 100 grand in allocation money I don't know it's it's weird for me but yeah that's that's what stood out to me again I'm just keeping it on that scope of locally but you know across the league I don't think there was any big um you know big like headline grabbing moves this this little window but I what I I do think we're going to see some stuff come July for sure for sure for sure Yeah I I think like I said, there wasn't many eye-catching things. I think there were a couple transfers that really stood out to me as the big ones that could have an impact on teams. Like LA Galaxy made a couple of moves in the on the trade deadline for um, players that um, for players that are like U twenty players, younger players, which I think is a good move for them. I think maybe it's time for them to kind of give an LAFC a little bit and just let them dominate for a year or so, year or two and just build a team that can compete with them and then take over them with a bunch of young talent. I think that's not a bad idea. Um, obviously, it's not the best idea because you don't want to think about your team just being like, oh, man, like let's let the cross-down rival be really good and us suck. Yeah. But um, And then I think the other two that stood out, um, the RSL-Charlotte trade was an interesting one for me with Shinyashiki. Uh, going over to RSL and Justin Miram coming over to Charlotte. I think Shin Yashiki, he was the reigning rookie of the year, or not the reigning rookie of the year, he was the rookie of the year in 2019 uh, when he played for Colorado. I think that's a player that could help RSL. Yeah. And uh, Miram is just, uh, he's a talented player, he's been with RSL for a while. So I think I think that one is 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 a good one to look out for. And then Christian Dahomey from my beautiful Vancouver Whitecaps. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He goes to DC United. It's just another attacking option. He's actually had a, a, a decent amount of success. I think he might have some more success in DC. That seems to be the consensus. Um, so we'll see. You got to watch out for that. But I think those are the two big ones that really stood out as ones that could have an impact immediately. Other than that, not really sure if there's there's uh you know there there was much else this trade transfer deadline day. Can you name the players in that trade again one more time? Shinyashiki, Andre Shinyashiki. Yes. And Justin Miram. <laughs> oh man, I got four Shinyashikis there the from you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I, a good move for DC. I think a little quiet, and we don't talk much about him because they hasn't given us much reason to talk about him. But hey, Benteke got a goal. They've won two straight road games. Goal, yeah. Could be. That's how you got to 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 get a snowball to grow. You got to build the the ball first. You know. Yeah, could we? We could be in a few weeks looking at. I haven't looked at the schedule. I'm just total reckless speculation right now. I haven't even looked into it. But you never know. This could be the the early, uh, early motions of that growing into something. We'll see. We'll follow up on that on another episode. But yeah, I, that that's all I got for for MLS. I tap out. What do you want to talk about next? Yeah, we got to talk a couple more things to talk about. We have two yeah. more things to talk about. We got to talk about League MX. That's going to be in a little bit. But before okay. we get to League MX, we have to talk about some U.S. soccer news. 
Uh, they finally hired a sporting director that will oversee all operations of United States soccer, whether it be women's, men's, youth academy, whatever it may be. Um, mm-hmm. His name is Matt Crocker. He is a former English FA head of development teams and former Southampton Depo- uh, director of football operations. Um, he'll start full-time August 2nd, but will be will help in the hiring process of the next head coach. He did say today, I believe it was, um, and let me just pull it up because I got the notification. He did say today when it comes to looking for a new coach, he wants the next coach for the U.S. men's national team to be forward-thinking and aggressive. Um, okay. So that's a little bit about him. I believe he was with Southampton from 2020 on. Um, so you can kind of base his talent scouting, I guess, at uh, if you look at Southampton over those years. Obviously, okay. this year, not so great. They haven't been so yeah. great. But <laughs> I was about to say, you know. <laughs> year, but Southampton, Southampton has been, for the better part of eight or nine years now, a solid team in Premier League. Um, but this year they just were not, they just were not very good. And they, you know, they've lost players. Southampton is actually not during his specific reign, I don't think, but over the time that they've been Premier League, Southampton has provided a lot of players to a lot of different teams. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, they're like, of, they're, they remind me of like, uh, Borussia Dortmund. They're just a factory, or uh, yeah, they're in their at their best. They're a young talent factory that produces guys yeah. out there. Uh, they just, don't have the success of keeping them there long term for for whatever reason finances or or not um Borussia Dortmund they do a little better job of keeping some of these guys they don't let all of them go away but I feel like there's some similarities there between those two clubs in their development yeah I mean their, you know let's just look at a let's just look at a um an article from last year uh from June of last year went over this a little bit um I mean they've sold sold just to Liverpool alone have <laughs> yeah. sold um, Virgil van Dyke, Sadio Mane, Dejan Lovren, Adam Lalana, Nathaniel Klein, and Ricky Lambert, all within the last decade. Um, on top of that, they've produced the likes of Gareth Bale, Luke Shaw. Um, again, these are players over time. It hasn't been specifically in Crocker's reign, but it has been a Southampton staple to create these types of players and then sell them off. Um, absolutely you know for, for for money which has been a large part i think of why they've been able to stay in the premier league for as long as they have it's in um, their dna yeah yeah we don't need to spend too much time on this uh, we don't know too much about him work is still to be done well we can really make our judgments on him with the coach hiring and and moving forward from that point on but as a hire for the uh u.s men's not or u.s soccer federation as the sporting director what are your thoughts on this hire I mean, to be honest, I'll probably have to defer to Dan since he's the Southampton fan. I got to ask him what he thinks about uh, about this guy. I think, yeah, where he's coming from seems to have the experience. On paper, it looks like a, a solid hire. Is it the splashy big name hire that, you know, some of us here in the States are, are we're hoping for? Probably not. Uh, but is this the, – the, the big thing is here, like what what's going to determine – his success or his legacy, I guess, is if he's got to nail this coach hire for U.S. men's national team. Mm-hmm. You know, if he nails it, then we're win or lose, whatever happens. If he nails it and everybody's happy with the coach, then, you know, he'll he'll be just fine. 
Yeah, I, I mean, when it comes to the hiring of the coach, I think that's going to be the biggest thing that he has to do right now. That's going to be the biggest thing, and everybody's going to judge him on. It's going to be his first very big project uh, that he has to work on. Um, but I, I think when it comes to um, him as a person and what we know about him right now, I think it's a, a very good hire because he is responsible. He's worked with player development for a very long time now, 25 years from what, what I understand. He's responsible for building out the kind of culture, the style of play, and and kind of the development of what England has become today in terms of being the successful nation that they are today in, in footballing. And I think this is what the United States needs right now. They have the talent. They need a direction and the way they want to play. And that's what he's yeah. going to be responsible for, as well as developing these young players, which he has a, a, a huge um, background in. Again, the United States has a massive, massive pool of young players. And now it's about pointing them all in the right direction and getting them all on the same path to the same goal. And I think that this is a very good step in the right direction. The United States has recognized that they can't just keep doing this thing where they bring in a new coach who has a different style of play than the last coach and hope it works or hope it works for a couple of years. They realize that they need a style of play and they need to base their style of play on the talent that they have. And I think Crocker is, is a good option for that. Well, again, we'll have to see and wait until the uh, hire is made with the coach. Honestly, I'll ask you this question right now. Yes. It, it, it's going to, it's, it's going to be a big one with what he said and <laughs> with what we know about him so far, the very little that we do know about him with what he said about wanting a forward thinking, aggressive coach Yes. What do you think this hire means for Greg Berhalter? Oh, I, I'm, I'm hoping if this guy even considers to keep Berhalter, then this is a fail. This is a fail completely. That's not what Berhalter is. So absolutely not what he is, what he's shown to be. Uh, no, 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 no. Don't even we're not even going to say his name anymore. OK, I'll tell you what stood out to me was I believe it was this weekend on uh What's the 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 Paramount Plus? I don't know, I don't know which network it is, but the show that's got uh, Thierry Henry on there, CBS yeah. Sports. They got their own. Yeah, TV. Uh, they were asked. They were asking the host, the panelists there, and they said, "Will the United States ever win a World Cup in your lifetime?" And I think it was Mika, Micah Richards. Is that his Micah name? Richards? Yeah, Micah. Yeah, Richards, he yeah. was. He's like, oh, hell no, and he was laughing and blah blah blah. And they're like, well, and the only person there who stood up and said hold on let me carry the flag for the united states here a second okay this is where in the in the clip here you start overlapping like an american flag waving here and start playing the pledge of allegiance he stood up there and said you know what they had the right direction you know they could <laughs> be somebody and he started waving that flag back and forth there and then uh, i think it was uh, uh what's the other guy that's on the show Car Car uh jimmy Carragher. yeah Carragher. he uh he's like oh so you want to be the coach You'd be a great coach. And Thierry Henry just smiled and got back. The dude wants the job. I really hope that this new guy comes in and at least interviews him, at least entertains the possibility. Do your homework, do your due diligence, invite Thierry over. The guy, the guy's a winner, man. Like he's won at every level. He's a World Cup champion. He's a uh, European champion, Premier League champion. He's he's got everything. He came to the States. He understands American soccer you know not football he understands american soccer and i feel like it's time for us 
to find somebody who's closer to this generation because if look Klingsman, he was great. I thought Klingsman could have been that guy, but when Klingsman got here, he was so far removed from the generation. You know, he was a guy that was great in the in the ni- early nineties and you know late eighties, and he just he couldn't connect to the players like that. I think Thierry Henry is still somebody that's fresh in a lot of these young guys' minds that can really have you know carry some weight when he says things and and does things. A lot of these guys, having played in MLS, played against them. Um, and some of them played against him as a coach uh, last last season with um, or a couple seasons ago now with um, with Montreal. There's a lot more good than bad here that I think that they should really entertain it and just give Thierry a chance. The guy looks like he wants it. Not the first time that it comes up on the show. Like he's been very vocal and open about it. You, those are all things that check boxes in for me. I don't know about you, but for me, it's checking some boxes. I'm, I'm leaning more and more towards it. Yeah, I mean, I think, and you can go find that clip on our social channels. I think it's on our Instagram, right? Um, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, clip. and uh, our IG. Or yeah, Instagram, TikTok. Twitter, TikTok. Yeah, you can find I do that this clip. When I say TikTok. On <laughs> you can find that clip over there. But I, I would agree. I think in terms of Greg Berhalter, this doesn't bode well for him in terms of the type of coach that Matt Crocker seems like he's looking for. Because I don't think Greg Berhalter fits that description. I think the only thing that Greg Berhalter currently has on his side is the players, honestly. I think a lot of players have come out vocally and said that they liked playing for him um, and they liked what they had built. But I don't, again, from a fan's perspective and what we've watched, again, I don't think he should be the coach, but we'll see. When it comes when it comes to Terry Henry, he's the only guy on that panel that had any experience with the MLS and with U.S. soccer. I mean, Jamie Carragher and Mike Richards, they could see it from afar, but Terry Irene was Terry Henry was in it. And like you said, yeah. I want a guy who wants the job. I want a guy that's, who wants to go in there. And I think you can take a risk realistically this season with hiring Terry Henry with the way that the World Cup format is going to work out for the U.S. this year or the, this cycle and the fact that they don't have to do qualifying. I feel like they can take a risk with Terry Henry, see what he has, and if it fails in two years – you still have time to switch over to another coach and still have another year and a half until you have to realistically make a decision. Uh, you still another year and a half before the world cup. So I think there's room to make the mistake, but I think you want to give it to a job. You want to give the job to a guy who wants the job. I think Thierry Henry wants the job. I think he would be an exciting hire. Um, Managerially. I don't know if he's had, the success that a lot of people would like to see on his resume, yeah. but he has been on the, he has been a part of the, that Belgian national team coaching staff for the mm-hmm. last few years, dealing with a ton of top talent behind Roberto Martinez. They did not succeed as well as they would have liked to succeed, but they have been one of the top teams in the world. Yeah, um, they didn't succeed in the cup, but they did succeed in the lead up to the cup because they were some, a team that people were looking at like, oh, OK, they're going to do some some damage. They just didn't perform. When they just were never quit. able to get the trophy. They were always near yeah. the top, but just that golden generation ran out. And again, the United States has a very big player pool of talented, talented players, and it's growing bigger every single day. And I yeah. think we need to focus. And I think the reason that this is a good hire is because we need to focus on what is going to be best for the United States, not just for the next four years, but for the next 20 years. And I think creating a culture and creating a way of playing and building that way of playing us outside of a coach is probably a good direction to move so that 
there is a definitive style of play with the U.S. men's national team as opposed to every three years they change their coach and it's something completely different. Yeah. As we've said more, so many times, none of us felt like the system that the United States men's national team played fit their fit the players that they had under Greg Berhalter. It seems now that they realize that, and now they're looking for play. Now they're looking to build a system around the players rather than the coach or the coach having a system that he wants to build in. Yeah. So that's a big step in the right direction for me. We'll have to see, but we got a couple more months. I think by June or July, we'll have a head coach hire. So we'll be able to really judge Crocker on it, but um, I think it's a good hire. I really, I really like the hire. Um, and you can find more about Matt Crocker on our website. Lizzie, I think is, I think she wrote an article on him yeah. that was released today, I believe. Um, yep. So you can find out more about that on 90min.com slash US. Or and then Twitter. finally, or on our Twitter, or on our Twitter. Yep. Um, and then finally, the last thing we need to talk about, League MX. Twitter's right here. No, the other way. There you go. <laughs> um, the Twitter's right there. Um, last thing we need to talk about, League MX. Um, there was a couple big stories. Monterey went, won the Klausura, um, the Klausura regular season title with a win this past weekend over Mazatlan. Yeah. Honestly, a tie would have done it because Club America tied Pumas, so it didn't really uh, matter much. Um, we tried our best to put the spooky monkey on <laughs> on on Monterey <laughs> there, and, you know, throw a monkey wrench into the whole thing there. We were really trying to hype up Mazatlan and 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 say, <laughs> oh, you know, a collapse could probably happen. And man, that thing was over quick, two nothing, and just not even close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we tried, but they win the Klaus Soda title. Yeah. Um, so they'll be the number one seed going into the playoffs. They'll be the top seed going into the playoffs. Um, but before we get to the playoffs, we'll do a little quick preview as the season's not over yet, so we don't have full seedings. We'll do our full preview next week, but um, we'll do a, a quick preview later. But before we get to that, I want to talk on Santos Laguna a little bit. It's a team that is one of Lizzie's favorite teams. She loves Santos Laguna. She loves them more than Club America. She just won't have been yeah, to them, she, she might. She might. She definitely uh, partially because she, she, she loves Carlos Acevedo. But yes. um, I mean, they sit doesn't? in 11th place right now. They sit in 11th place. I know. They sit in 11th place right now with one game to go. Could fall out of the playoffs if things don't go their way in this final week. Mm-hmm. Um, they, Who do they have the last game? They have oh god, I just looked at it. Um hold on, I'm pulling it up now. Yeah. Upcoming. Oh, oh could you play spoiler with Cruz Azul? As oh, the last that's game right. I thought that could oh. be that could be a very interesting game. And again, oh, Santos man. Laguna does not fall out of the playoffs purely by losing this match against Cruz Azul. Mm-hmm. They are staring eleventh place, and the team below them is it. There's two teams below them, them with eighteen points, and there's um, one team with seventeen points below them. So really, yeah, Puebla and San Luis could leapfrog them there. It it could. isn't play here. Now, you could be public enemy number one to Lizzie, and we'll never get her back on this show if Cruz Azul wins <laughs> and somehow forces uh, Santos out of the the playoffs. We might never see Lizzie back here again. She might, you know, completely disown us. So that's just putting. So here's what it looks like. Here's what it looks like for those for the three teams that are below them that realistically have a shot of jumping, um, of jumping Santos Laguna. It is um, Pumas who sits in that 12th spot, that final spot right now. Mm -hmm. They have probably the most difficult match, but 
I, who knows? Maybe Monterey rests players, but they play Monterey this weekend. Yeah. So it's a coin flip. Well, it's a coin flip. It's so a they coin might flip. rest. We don't really they might play team. hard. Yeah. You know. I would imagine Pumas can probably win that game because Monterey's not going to want to go all out, and there's going to be an opportunity for them. Yeah. Um, Puebla has Club Tijuana, which is probably the easiest of the matches remaining. And then um, San Luis has uh, Atlas, which will not be an easy match. It's not going to be an easy yeah. match. Atlas still has seating to play for. Um, so, yes, yeah, Santos Laguna could drop out of the playoffs. With all that being said, they have fired yes. their coach one week before the play, one week before the season ended. One week before the season ended, they fired their coach. Man. This is coming off of an Alpatura that was very, very good. An Apertura that led to them losing a lot of their talent that they had, which Lizzie mm-hmm. has explained to us is something that happens to Santos Laguna a lot. Southampton slash Borussia slash yeah. Santos, <laughs> all in the same category. Slash Santos Laguna. <laughs> slash, uh, is there an MLS team that falls under that same category? I think FC Dallas at one point had. They yeah. were yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the little breeding ground, but I don't think they are anymore. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so they fired their coach one week before the before the end of the season and before the playoffs start. Mm-hmm. Was this the right move for them? Or should they have no. given him some more time considering the situation? No, considering the situation completely. No, you, you keep that coach there. He could be a lame duck coach. You keep it till after you secure that playoff spot. Win, lose, whatever, you get it. You're going to get rid of that coach. You get rid of him after you've, you know your, what your, your fate is when it comes to the playoffs. You don't can the coach a week before and then – no, because it's unfair expectation for whoever the interim coach is. Like, hey, did you make the playoffs? No. Well, well you, you're you gone. Like, I just bad juju all around. If, if he was a lame duck coach and you were going to get rid of him, then just wait it out and just either see what your destiny is first before you just commit to just canning the guy a week before. I, I can't even recall uh, a situation like that in, in, any, uh, in any other sport. Like, that's just crazy to think of. Yeah, I'm just looking. I want to look and see. What the, um, yeah, so Santos Laguna, the, their head coach, Eduardo uh, Fentanes, was hired in February of 2022. Mm-hmm. That's in February of 2022. So he was hired before the Clausura. In the Clausura, first, in his first season as head coach, he finished with 20 points and did not make the playoffs in the Clausura. 5-5-7 yeah. and seven overall. In his second season, which was would be the Apertura, he finished in third place with Santos Laguna. Then the team was completely stripped of all the talent that they had, yeah. or a lot of the main talent that they had. And now he's in a playoff spot, but could fall out of a playoff spot after a, a difficult, a difficult stretch here. Um, they did beat Monterey. I guess, they did beat Monterey last weekend, but they lost to um, Caretero this past weekend. Which not yeah. a great loss, but whatever. My, I think I would have to agree with you. This just seems like an awful time. It just seems, oh, and I, you know, Lizzie, I believe, pointed this out on on Twitter too. It, it seems that they've taken the immediate result, uh, you know, path over letting him develop the players like he has done in the past. I mean, they yeah. haven't. The team was going to be worse than they were in the Clausura. It was it was expected. So to fire him and and to fire him now. Two weeks before, or a week before the last week of the season, when your team is in a pivotal situation, needing to yeah. win a game, seems ridiculous. 
You know, so, I, got, um, I got to look into it. Is the owner of uh, Santos, the the rich lady from those major league movies, is that who it is? Which is like, you know, <laughs> does everything possible to make sure the team stinks, you know, like just cut. No, that's the, the owner possible. of the athletics. That's the owner of the Oakland. Ah. Athletics. <laughs> Damn, hard times in Oakland. But yeah, if but it kind of feels like that, though, right? Like, it's just it why does. would you do this? Are you going to sabotage your team? You gutted the team already. You know, you got nobody. Unless there's some personal beef there, like, you know, homeboy said something bad about management and there's just irreconcilable differences and there's just something really bad there. But it has to be on a personal level because on a professional level, the guy, it seems like, has done everything that he can to win and just yeah. working with the bad hand that he's been dealt. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll I, I see. mean, it's it's just it's today's world, right? Results, results, results. And that's what led to it seems to have led to his firing, which, again, I mean, they've haven't really played poorly really i mean they haven't had success over the last few weeks but the teams they've lost to are pachuca they've tied nakaxa they lost to leon they beat club tijuana lost to shivas like they're not losing the teams that they should be beating they're losing the teams that are very good teams so i you know it's it's a perplexing decision for uh (laughs) vocabulary word there sat word um but it's a it's a weird decision to, to do right now but it, we'll see if it pays off. High risk, yeah. high reward, right? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we wrap things up, though, I want to ask you, we know who the leader is in the, uh, we know who the top seed is in the, the club sort of playoffs right now. I'm going to give you one question. Do you want Monterey or the field in this year's playoffs? Oh, and why? Hmm. Monterey or the field. It's a good way to put it here. Uh, the betting man would take the field always, as good as Monterey's had of a season here. And the fact that I'm not a Monterey, you know, whatever, Rayados, is that what they're called? Um, I'm not yeah. one of their – I'm not part of their hincha here. Not yet, but if they send me a free jersey, you know, I'll, I'll be Monterey all day. You know, throw up the M's. I'm, I'm, I'm a free agent fan. Uh I'll take the field just because it's it'd be the smart thing. I, I I'm I don't think this run that Monterey's on is that like you know it's not Tiger Woods like you remember like in in the Masters it was always like Tiger Woods yeah. or the field and it's like I'm taking Tiger Woods like it doesn't matter I don't feel that way about this Monterey team um, I know this they, this breakdown of the season into two like mini seasons it's you know it's 17 games i believe it's still small sample size like it's not as dominant as like a full season of it you know but yeah i'll take the field i am going to take the field as well and i will give you the team who i think is going to win it at this current moment Uh, let me give you my explanation first why i think monterey is not the team i think they've shown some chinks in the armor the last couple weeks and i think that worries me if they tied those games or or beat the opponents that they should have beaten, I mm-hmm. would have said absolutely it's Monterey that I, I I really have no questions about it. I think they're going to run, I think they're gonna win it. But I think that with the the the, the slip ups that they that they've had, they've showed some weaknesses. Yeah. And with that being said, I genuinely think my thought process is going to tell me. That I think Club America win the Klaus Soda this season. What? That is my that is my pick right now. I think it's going to be Club America as much as I don't want to cheer for Lizzie's team. 
But throughout the entire season, they have been solid. And over and and they pick they hit a stride and they've mm-hmm. kind of just been rolling. You know, they haven't okay. won every game, but they have picked up points when needed. They've only dropped points once all season. Or they've only dropped um dropped or dropped all three points once all season. Uh that was to Pachuca when they lost three nothing. Yes. So my my guess is that Club America win the Klaus Soto title. This okay. Season. I got two points Go for you here. Um two yeah. counterpoints here. First off. You said that Monterey is showing some some kinks in the armor chinks. Kinks, I don't know the word there. Um, yeah, my vocabulary yeah. is much more perplexing Same. than yours. Okay. No, yeah, and... I'm, I'm not even sure if I used the right word, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, that's classic Edwin right there. I am, so you mentioned that they lost a couple of games that, you know, caused suspicion. But I, I could argue, if I wanted to take the Monterey side here, which Monterey, again, I'm taking your side here. This is another reason why you should consider, you know, making me a fan. Um, wouldn't you say that you want to have those things, those lapses and those, you know, down performances before the playoffs, as opposed to a team that's riding agree, yeah. all the way high and hasn't faced that adversity of rebounding from a bad game, which I feel like they have. They took care of business this week against Mazatlan, and we'll see what they do against Pumas. So that's my first point. And secondly, I think you picking Club America, okay, is a very clever way of you covering for the fact that Cruz Azul could could eliminate Santos and therefore eliminate our friendship with Lizzie on the show. (laughs) And by you choosing Club America is a way to get her back. It's like a safety net, you know, that once that happens, we'll still have her as, as... as somebody who's part of the show, I think that's a clever, and I and I and I commend you for it. I commend you for it. That's a very, very good idea. Very well played, um, well played hand right there. So I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, why not? Let's go. Listen, Club America. Listen, I mean that may be a factor, yes, but I don't think Cruz is <laughs> honestly. I could totally see Cruz is all losing to Santos Laguna. So um, my I guess my listen. I mean, Club America. I don't know. They've just been so consistent, man. They've been yeah. so consistent. They've only had, they've had one game all year where they haven't scored a goal. They've scored a goal in every single other game. They haven't been shut out at at any other point all the season. If you look at the table, they have a plus 14 goal differential, which is up there. Not as good as Monterey, but up there. And Mm -hmm. they get goals from everywhere. Like if you look at Monterey, Monterey gets goals from a couple different places, but they have two main guys. They have Gonzalez, they have Bertarame, um, and then Funes Mori are their three guys. I, I When you look at Club America, it feels like the goals and the assists are coming from everywhere. They have Henry Martino has 14 goals, but then they have guys like uh, Valdez behind him who has six goals and five assists. Rodriguez, yeah. five goals, three assists. Uh, Zendaya has three goals, and, uh, three goals and two assists. So it's like there's a lot of different places these goals and these assists are coming from. I feel like they're a more complete team, especially since Malagon has gotten a net over, um, I believe it was Oscar, uh, I believe it was Oscar Ramirez, was it was the is the backup goalkeeper's name? Yeah. Um, Oscar Jimenez, sorry. Um, I just feel like they're a very complete team. And mm-hmm. I think that if they can shut down Funes Mori, that kind of takes away a lot of options for... Yeah. Um, for Monterey, whereas if Monterey shut down Henry Martin, they still have goals coming from Valdez, Zendejas, Rodriguez. You know, they got goals coming from all over the place. Yeah, so that's my think, that's my reasoning. I agree. I, I think that's a good point. And honestly, looking at it, 
just on the record alone, that one loss and that one and only loss to me holds a lot more weight than the 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 seven draws that they've had because that means that even though seven yeah. draws, they they they're not seven losses. So that means that they stepped up and really protected when they needed to protect. Um, so I think yeah, and they they have the goal scoring, they have the the goal differentials not you know much in against them. So I think there's a lot. Those two teams are much more alike than the record shows. And therefore, I'm taking yeah. the field. I don't think Monterey is that above. But again, Monterey, holler at your boy. Get me some swag. Holler at your boy. I'm in. Holler at your boy. I'm in. That's our, that's our brief. That's our brief preview of the playoffs. We'll go over uh, nobody breaks down. This. Nobody breaks down League MX as good as us right now, Ben. That was nobody phenomenal. Nobody does. There's that was nobody. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. I didn't think I was, I was. That's the when I look at our, our show sheet, I'm like, okay, yeah, oh, Liga MX. Mm. At, then I, at the end of the show, I'm like, man, I had the most fun doing that. <laughs> yeah, so I think. Um, I think yeah, no, I we 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 do we break it down really well. What are you gonna you know? Like we, it. we break it down really well, but that's not. We're gonna break it down even more in depth. Come <laughs> next week when we get the actual playoff seedings, we know who's in, we know who's out, we know the standings, we know who's yeah. playing who, we know the brackets. Picks. Once we get all that. We're going to get do a deep dive into that. So stay tuned for that. Uh, like, but that about wraps it up for us March today. Madness March Madness now, yes. <laughs> that about wraps it up. May Madness. May Madness. Yes. Ooh, oh, yeah. There, yeah. May Madness. There you go. Mexican um, May Madness. Yeah. <laughs> That's that I know about you're trying to dismount here. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> that about wraps it up for us today. Um, no, uh, but that, that's it for us today. Uh, make sure you continue to follow us on all our social channels. 90 Min US Twitter is right here. Yeah. Right below me. You got the Instagram on the other end. Yeah. Um, obviously, follow us on YouTube. Make sure you check that all out. There's going to be more content on MLS, um, yes. Liga MX, NWSL, US Men's National Team, Mexican National Team. Anything you want will be there because yes. Lizzie is working her butt off to get it out there. So, um, absolutely. No, but it's a total yes, team effort um, over here, though. Yeah, team effort. No, everybody's doing, everybody's killing it. And, um, you know, we want you guys to just see the work that we're putting out because we love it and we hope you guys love it too. So um, make sure to check that out. We'll be back next week with match day 10 review and a Liga MX preview of the playoffs. And it's going to be a fun one. So stay tuned yes. and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Right, everybody. Adios. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.